Hey, welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? Today, we're privileged to talk with my guest, Sarah Clark. In this episode, we'll dig into what setting specific health goals looks like, learn how to avoid the classic mistakes when it comes to attitudes about food, and we'll explore the connections between sleep and healthy eating choices. This is episode 62. Here we go. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for being with me today. I'm really excited to have you. Yeah, excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Could you take a second and introduce yourself to everyone? Maybe share a little bit about where you're from, your educational background, and your family, and what you're passionate about these days? Yeah, so I'm from uh, just outside of Toronto, Canada. I'm I'm a mom of, of two kids. I, I help couples that are uh, struggling to conceive. Okay. So I had I had both my kids with uh, donor eggs, and uh, years later discovered the root cause of my premature ovarian failure was food sensitivity and later a gut infection. So really passionate about spreading the word about functional medicine and how people can use can look at functional medicine to help prepare their body for a baby. And uh, yeah, that's my that's what I'm passionate about right now. That's awesome. And you have your own podcast. Could you tell us a little bit about that as well? Yeah. So I have a Get Pregnant Naturally podcast. It's on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And really um, talking about how we can reverse, eventually reverse infertility using functional medicine, which is which is the future of conventional medicine and natural fertility solutions. So instead of you know running right to the RE or your, your OBGYN, looking to see at the, the signs your body will whisper to you and when you ignore the signs, then it starts shouting at it in the form of disease. And so looking at our standard Western diet lifestyle and, um, and layering in functional lab testing to be able to allow your body to heal and either get pregnant naturally or if you do go off for your, your IUI or an IVF, which an IUI has a 10% success rate and IVF has a 30% success rate, and even donor eggs are at, are at 50% success rate, you'll, you'll increase your success. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, I'm really curious how you discovered that there were changes you could make in your health and specifically your diet to help you get pregnant. Because at least for me, when I think reasons that, you know, you may be having trouble conceiving, that wouldn't be my first thought, you know. So I was just curious how that process worked for you and how you ended up discovering those those factors. Yeah, for most people, they come to diet last. Uh-huh. Medicine, it's, <laughs> it's, it's typically first. But yeah, so basically in my early 20s, I always joked I was having menopausal hot flashes. I remember being, being in HR at the time and yeah. kind of joking about that. And it turns out that I was. So at that point, I had a regular period. I, during my teenage years, I had no acne. And all of a sudden, I started getting acne on my chin. And then I started having uh, dandruff. And then I had this plan to get married at 25, to get married at 25. Yeah. And then at 28, I wanted, I wanted to have my kids. And at that point, my, the periods are only coming twice a year. So I thought, okay, I better go to my OBGYN and see what's going on. So I went in there and found out that I had premature ovarian failure, which is a loss mm. of function of the ovaries before the age of 40. And I remember her, you know, grabbing the, the IVF brochure and saying the only way you'll have your own ch- have children is by using donor eggs. Wow. And I remember leaving there and like complete shock and not even really sure what, what really just happened. Because I'm a person of action, I went straight to the fertility clinic and I got on a list for a donor egg. And I was lucky enough on the first fresh transfer to have our daughter. Mm-hmm. And Ava is Ava is now 17. So this oh, is back when wow. you said donor eggs. And people are like, what's what? a donor egg? <laughs> like, no, yeah, people are like, I don't even know what that is. So um, 
and now because of our center Western diet, um, diet lifestyles, you know, it's become more common. So um, I think it was back in 1985, they had 40 fertility clinics. Now there's 400. It's just like, mm. it's, you know, there's something going on. We're in the middle of the yeah. food experiment with all, with all the glyphosate and herbicides being sprayed on our food. But, um, and so then, for, then I had two embryos after, um, left over after I had our daughter and I wanted to have my kids close together. Yeah. So then we uh, went back and went back to the clinic and my husband's like, Sarah, you seem a little stressed, you know, what's going on here? And I'm like, no, I want to have the kids close together. So we're back in and then those embryos didn't work. Mm-hmm. So then we went on an, another a list for a, for another donor egg and we were lucky enough on the first fresh transfer to have our our son and son and, and Will is 14. So again, mm. you know, many years ago. Yeah. And then you know, fast forward, my, my health began to suffer. I started getting, I remember after I had my daughter, I had nine colds. Every cold went to a science infection. I thought it was a great idea to take antibiotics for every cold. Not the best idea. And then I started getting vert, like vertigo, toenail infections, um, I had chronic bladder infections, chronic sinus infections, chronic yeast infections. I was still like doing my thing and functioning, but my health was just like my my immune system was just in the toilet. Yeah. And I was an I was an, I was in HR at the time, and I wanted to bring a, a life coaching course into HR. So then I took a life coaching course, and that's where I discovered that I really loved health and wellness. And then after the life coaching course, then I took a health coaching course, and that's when I discovered these food sensitivities. So for me at the time, so gluten and dairy, I took those out of my my diet, and and slowly that the the bladder, the sciences began to heal. Using um, using supplements, looking looking at lifestyle, and you know slowing down, looking yeah. at, at strategies there to, to allow the body to heal. And then, but I didn't discover this until I was fully in menopause. I was I was 40 years old. I was no longer cycling naturally. So hmm. the thing, so my message is, if you're still cycling naturally, there's things we can do using the tools of functional medicine, you know, to allow your body to heal. And like, and also years later, I also discovered I had a gut infection. So I had wow. various um, um, bacterial infections and yeast infections going on in there. But really, it's, it is a message of hope to know that, you know, your your body, as I said before, will whisper to you. And when you ignore the signals, it starts shouting at you. So to be able to kind of take a step back and listen, it's like, oh, what's going on in here? Mm-hmm. That is fascinating. As you were talking to, I have actually had vertigo over the years, and now I'm really wondering mm-hmm. about that because, you know, there's oh, yeah. just our bodies, you're right, they want to, if we're listening, if we're paying attention, we can we can pinpoint some of these things, which is really, you're right, it's a message of hope. So I'm so glad that your story has such a great ending, you know what I mean? Yeah. So today we are continuing in our theme of choices for the entire month of January. And I'm so glad you're here. We can talk about healthy choices. A Sunday afternoon mama makes choices that are wise and thoughtful for herself and her family. So now in this month, we're talking about all aspects of health, like spiritual health, emotional, mental, physical. But today with Sarah, we will focus on emotional and physical health. So let's dive into this week's topic of how to have a healthy reset for this fresh new year. I don't know about you, but I am all for these New Year's resolutions and goals. You know, it's good to look at the year ahead and think to yourself, okay, what was last year like and how did how did that go? And then look ahead with hope and think, what are some things that I can adjust to set myself up for more success? And I think some people get really discouraged because they feel like they failed, you know, January 15th or whatever it is so soon. But I think that happens for three reasons. And then Sarah will kind of, I want you to chime in in a second. I think this happens because number one, we don't set realistic measurable goals. Number two, we don't identify why we are setting these goals. And three, we don't plan or have a strategy for those holidays or special occasions. And then we end up self-sabotaging. So often people set really general goals. Like I want to eat healthier. 
okay, well then what would that look like for you? It has to be more specific. Or if you're like, if you're like me, you'll find yourself snacking on your children's, you know, food that's like goldfish crackers or something random that someone brings into work, or you'll have more coffee or soda than you need to. And, and then you'll find that you're surviving barely on caffeine and sugar rather than thriving on a well-balanced diet. What do you think, Sarah? How do we sabotage our own health goals sometimes? Oh, absolutely. It's sort of the cornerstone of life coaching and, and health coaching to help people kind of make those small goals. Because even people say, oh, I want to be healthy. I'm like, well, what does that look like? Yeah. And then like drilling, drilling, drilling down. Oh, so basically healthy for them is actually going to bed at 10 o'clock. Yes. So especially for fertility to prioritize sleep, be getting you know, seven to nine hours of sleep and actually getting to bed before 1030 or, or 10 at the best. And really before you, know, you get into that, that second win, the next thing you know, because, you know, last night I didn't get to bed till past 11. And I, I normally can sleep really well. I was kind of stressed out about something. So I, I literally, I could not fall asleep for <laughs> two hours. Right? And I don't, I don't normally get that because I have a nice sleep hygiene thing where I come in, the, the, the bedroom is dark. The, you know, I have essential oils. I do a castor oil pack. I, I read like a, 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 a fiction novel, not nonfiction. I'll be, I'll, I'll be up yeah. thinking all night. But it is to get like super like on the goals to like drill it right down and yeah then, and then also to see well do you even really want to do that like you just said you wanted to do that like whatever it is yeah I'm like do you like what's the what's the why behind it your intention and you know do you do you need support and then kind of like okay so what's going to hold you back or what do you think is going to get in your way of achieving that goal it's like oh I say I want to get to bed, bed by by 10 and then you're up till 11 o'clock watching your favorite show like what what's the purpose for it so it's to dig deeper on that yeah I agree digging deeper will help us to stay on track with our health goals now we just talked about sleep I want to jump back and talk about how this relates to food for just a minute because it's so important to have a healthy relationship with food so I wanted to talk about that for a second too often I think I see women trying to shame ourselves into making healthy choices which is you know never gonna last or we might try to motivate ourselves by looking at photos or images of women that are far younger than us or maybe they're more in shape and looking at these images often has a negative effect, not a positive one. And that's just, at least from my experience, it doesn't necessarily motivate me. And then another factor in setting goals, I think, is accounting for stress and how you're going to be proactive because stress will inevitably come in 2019. It's going to happen. So we will have to have kind of that big why that you were saying that pushes us in the right direction when it comes to eating and movement. And simply hoping that our goals will just magically happen all by themselves isn't a good strategy or a good plan. And it won't you know, it won't prompt that action on our part. So I don't know if you've experienced this, Sarah, but like I've I've read about this and I've experienced it where you um, might get into trouble when it's a birthday, a holiday, a work party, whatever it is, even just the weekend becomes what's called a loophole. My uh, One of my favorite authors, Gretchen Rubin, always talks about this, where you, you find a way out of your goal, like, oh, but it's the weekend or, oh, it's my friend's birthday. And you throw all the good habits out the window. And so I don't know if you've seen that, like if, if have you noticed that in your own life or in people's lives that you work with? Oh, yeah. I guess there's cycles of change, too, right? With stages of change where it's like pre-contemplation. So maybe you're just you're maybe you're just thinking about going to bed at 10. Uh-huh. Maybe you're just thinking about like eating healthy and you actually haven't really you haven't really dug into it. So it's pre-contemplation and contemplation. So like a pre-contemplation is usually like a year to six months out. You're like, yeah, going to go to the gym. But <laughs> really, it's not till next year because you're just kind of thinking about the idea. And contemplation, you're kind of getting getting closer to it. You're like, oh, maybe 
that sounds good. Maybe the next, you know, six months will look closer. And then, then you're looking at preparation. Now you're like, you know, I'm going to get my running shoes. I'm going to get my cute workout outfit, even though you don't need that. But, you know, <laughs> prepared. And then you're going to take action. Yeah. And then it goes into maintenance and maintenance mode where you're like, I got this. I'm working out three, you know, three times a week. And then all of a sudden, boom, hit with a cold. You hit with a cold. And then you're, then you stop working out. And next thing you know, six months goes by and you're like, oh my goodness, I never got back. Yeah. So it is like maintenance mode is where you can recycle and slip back in. So it's like, oh wait, okay. So that's my intention. So we really have that strong intention and be able to, to kind of go back to that. And so we all go down. Like it is not, we will, we is not some perfect life we're living here. We will all slip up. Mm-hmm. But when you slip up, do you, do you give up? Do you just say, forget it. I'm throwing in the towel. Or you go, you know what? I had a bad week last week. I'm going to start again. I'm going to start again because this, this, whatever the, the goal or intention you set is important to you. And it's not, you know, a fear-based thing. It's from love because you want to, you know, treat your body right. It's not, you're going to be starving yourself. And it, it, this whole life is not about deprivation. Like I, I don't believe in counting calories. We believe in counting chemicals. Like mm-hmm. what is the garbage you're putting in your body? Eat organic, eat healthy foods. Don't be sitting there. I did that years ago after I had my daughter. I went on Weight Watchers. And then like count it all. I've never had a, a a weight issue. That's not not my thing. My thing was the bladder, the sinus, the you know the the, the fertility. I never had a weight issue. Then it was like counting all these calories and eating all this low fat garbage. Yeah. Which you know then started to contribute to some of my health issues. So it's like to to eat whole foods, but it is to be able to see where you are in that stage of the change. Realize that yeah, you will kind of slip up. But how long do you stay down there? Is it hours, days, weeks? years yes yeah and and it's your choice yeah and obviously the why for for the people I work with is they want a baby so that's huge so being able to but it's still difficult being able to make these diet and lifestyle shifts a lot of people I work with are we tend to because of the the, the functional medicine and lab testing we tend to attract a very like science-minded medical professional who's like got the diet and the lab test they get all that kind of dialed in but then being able to take the foot off the gas for the 60 hours a week on the stress getting in being able to you know focus on the sleep being able to lean into the um like the mindset piece on this to be able to believe what's going to happen because it's like more of a logical left brain person so to to go back into that why yeah you know i want the baby and and again it, it is a lot of this is showing compassion to yourself this is not about just beating yourself up and moving forward and 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 not noticing what else is happening in your life it's kind of see your patterns kind of go oh that's interesting yes. you know i continually like for, for me i pile continually pile things on top of myself and and then i get then i get exhausted stressed out and then i get resentful and then i start yelling at my husband so um and it's kind of like oh wait okay so no i need to make sure i i talk a lot about um the uh, big rocks Yes. Oh, me too. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, that one's cool, right? Where it's like you have the cup and, and you have the, you need to put those three big rocks in. So for me, it's, you know, sleep, food and exercise. Um, those go in first and then all the other little pebbles and the water can go in there as well. Because without that, if I, I forgot to eat and didn't exercise, then I don't have to, like the, if you put the sand in the, the pebbles in first, those three rocks, they don't fit. So it's really important to, you know, to be able to prioritize. Yeah, no, that's so good. I think that a key for all of us in approaching this new year, like you said, is to be gentle with ourselves and just really examine those thoughts that come that are kind of rationale for like making a bad choice. You know what I mean? Like, and just thinking, is this actually going to help me or is this going to make me feel better? Or is this going to be this temporary fix? And then I'm just, my energy is going to crash. 
the next day or whatever. So I read this great little article about how to stop sabotaging your health and I'll link that in the show notes. But Mm. basically they said, make a list of all the rationales you've told yourself and for each one, write down if the thought is realistic and helps you with self-care or if the thought is irrational and leads you to pursue poor habits. And I just love that piece of advice because like you said, just thinking through your day and just you know being aware. And if you do slip up or you feel like you've really made a poor choice, you can always adjust. You don't have to let that make you um, stuck for the next year, like you said, or like, oh, now I can't go to the gym for another year or two, you know, but just keeping in mind your why, keeping in mind your goals that are specific and are, you know, start small and not have like 50 goals all at once. Um, I've talked about that earlier this month. But um, yeah, so I thought we could acknowledge a couple of truths when it comes to food and our health in helping all of us, especially approaching this new year, just to be able to set realistic and specific goals for ourselves and just remembering to take care of ourselves as mamas instead of like forgetting that we need to be really strong and healthy for our families. So the first one is just healthy eating is a choice. And I mean, we are bombarded with choices every day. I read some research that suggested there were possibly like 200 food-related decisions per day that we make. I mean, that's just, (laughs) that's crazy. So there's just a lot of things we have to face. A lot of things are packaged a certain way. There's a lot of, you know, tempting items we're going to come across and like the way things are marketed. And so anyways, when we're tired too, I read another study that talked about it's more difficult for us to make good decisions when we're tired. So there's that sleep piece and then there's the food, which will impact the food choices that we make. So do you have some advice about how to navigate food choices, especially at a grocery store or a farmer's market, wherever you're getting your food? Because I think that's a real a real challenge sometimes. Yeah, my, my thing actually is we're in the huge, we're in the middle of a huge food experiment uh-huh. with, with our food being, you know, being sprayed with glyphosate, which is linked to infertility and a whole host of other foods, mm. a, a whole host of other diseases. So to me, I would go organic. So everything organic, yeah. if, if 100% organic is too much for you, um, to me, like if, if you see a guy in an apple orchard out there in a white Tyvek suit spraying the apples and he's wearing like a hazmat suit, <laughs> right. why are we eating that? Like, right. What is going on? Like, why does a strawberry have 75 pesticides? Like, why, why are we putting it in our body and thinking it's okay? Mm-hmm. But to me, it, it's not. And there's lots of studies that prove the, the, the fact that that's, that's the case. So I would go organic. If that's too much, go to the environmental working group, uh, ewg.org. Look at the dirty dozen. I think some people, most of us, have, or maybe have, maybe people have heard of this. The dirty dozen, so the foods that are most sprayed with 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 pesticides, do not have. Make, make sure those are organic. And then there's the clean 15, so ones that have a thicker skin. That those, those foods you can you can get those that are are conventionally raised. But I would recommend going 100% organic. I like from uh, Michael Palin who talks about if your great grandmother says what's that? Yes. Don't eat it. Oh, I love like, that. I know. Got, yeah. Great grandma. Like what? I don't know what that is. If it's got like more than five ingredients, don't bother. Mm-hmm. If it, if it has health claims saying it'll do this and this, don't eat it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's really shop, like shopping the periphery of the grocery store and eating whole real, you know, wild caught organic, uh, organic meats that are at, that, that heal your body. It, it's kind of taking it back to basics. And when we're buying all this packaged stuff, it's I say don't count calories, count chemicals. Because when you, when you eat those kind of foods, you can eat mountains of it. I, I eat like huge amounts of food. I, I don't have any issues with weight. But um, but then, then I'll also again, you know, everyone's different. So weight is not my thing. For me, it goes to like if I eat a lot of 
it's for me gluten and dairy and corn. I don't eat that. Um, it goes to it goes to sinus, it goes to bladder, it goes to yeast infections, mm-hmm. um, and then the vertical vertical piece. You know, so everybody has their their thing for their health. So it's really to um, again notice what's going on. Like it's it's not normal. It may be common, but not normal to have diarrhea and constipation and gas and all these things going on. And it's like, or it you could be common but not normal to have cystic acne or acne or rashes or dermatitis or eczema or, you know, these sort of things. Those are, those are clues. So it's to, you know, I can take the food conversation a little different, but I think this to take it back to basics is go organic. Yeah, no, that's so good. That's such good advice. There's a ton of research about environment influencing our choices, like package size, plate size, serving size, all these things. And again, how things are marketed and how things seem healthier. You just feel exhausted. So you don't want to put the effort into taking, you know, taking a few extra minutes to cook your own food or whatever it may be. Um, how do we avoid those traps of convenience and clever packaging, marketing? Do you know what I mean? That's that's one thing I was wondering if you had thoughts on that. Yeah, like there's a lot of meal service plans. So for, for our clients, we recommend some of those paleo on the go. And so there's things to kind of make it easy. You can do yeah. bulk, bulk cooking, like bulk batch cooking on a Saturday or Sunday or Sunday to kind of chop things up and have things. To me, it's just making sure this is what I make sure I do, uh-huh. that I go grocery shopping every week. I have to tell you, I do not, I do not like grocery shopping, but I make myself go grocery shopping because I know that if I have no food in the house, then I won't make good decisions. And, and I, I stick to my, you know, my dairy and gluten and corn free because I feel good with that and organic. I have an, you know, I have an organic food box that's delivered to my, to my door. So it's really to kind of dig into that piece. No, that's so good. Yeah. Um, this, this happened to me recently and I thought this story fit with what we're talking about. So I was at the gym and I go in the mornings, um, and I was there and I kept, I tripped over this raised wooden part of the floor. Like, I don't know why, I think Mm. it's raised for the area where they do really heavy weightlifting, which is not the area I go Mm. to, (laughs) but I was walking across the gym and I tripped. So the thing I was thinking about is like, if I just kept going that same path, like walking that same way, tripping, like every time I'm at the gym, it'd be like, how could, you know, what am I doing? Like, if I don't want to trip, I need to not step on that spot. And so I was thinking about like how foolish it is. And we've all done this where we make the same mistake over and over again, knowing like we know what the outcome is going to (laughs) be, right? Like if I were to keep tripping and tripping, I'll keep falling or being embarrassed. But we do this when it comes to our health. We know the choice we're making isn't the best, but we keep getting tripped up on the same vices or habits and we aren't willing to go a different route or even try a different route, adjust our taste buds to make that better choice and eventually change our lives for the better. But I think what we are saying and establishing is that it is a choice and we can do it. It just, it might take some time to adjust, but we, and be aware, but, um, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. So it's also kind of like seeing, like adding in those new habits. So if yeah. you want to add a, a new habit, you, you add it to an existing habit from that sources from, uh, Charles Durhick, that the power of habit. And yeah. you kind of have that, um, I think it's the, the cue. So say you wanted to exercise after what habit do you want to exercise? Well, I want to exercise you know, after I brush my teeth, after I brush my teeth in the morning, I then want to put my workout clothes on and go out the door. Yeah. Or, or maybe um, you want to exercise, you put it in before you, so what, so what do you do every day? You have a shower typically every day. Mm-hmm. So you can do 10, 10 pushups before you get in the shower. So it's something you already do because you don't think about, you don't think about whether or not you're going to have a shower. Right. You mm-hmm. do it. You don't think about whether or not you're going to brush your teeth. You just do it. So those kind of, those habits that are done without, 
without thought, then put the, the new habit is good to add it, add it in there. And then it helps you because when, when you're doing a new thing, like self-sabotage comes up before you start saying, who are you to start this? What are yeah. you talking about? And then two weeks in when you're like, you know what? I got this. This is awesome. I'm like, I'm here. Yeah. Two weeks in, oopsies, I'm tired. Something happens. Stress comes in, I mean, whatever, the daily life. And then you're like, oop, and then you want it. And then also in the middle, maybe three months in where you're like, yeah, I got this. I have got it nailed down. And all of a sudden, oop. So it's to know that self-sabotage will come in along the way mm-hmm. and being aware of that little inner critic, what's like potentially taking you off track, kind of getting you leading you around, you know, in a different different way, and know it's normal. Kind of go, oh, okay. there's self sabotage. I know, I know she was coming along. Yep. Now, I'm ready, and it, it's part of it. Yeah. No, that's so good. Okay, here's another truth I thought we could establish um, about healthy habits and how to form them and stuff. Um, our sleep habits impact our eating habits. So what happens when we're sleep deprived? Our resolve is weaker. We're more easily tempted by the things that like ice cream or the cookies or the rich food and drink. The later it is at night, the poorer our judgment is. So it sounds kind of funny to think about, but you know, we are less likely to indulge in something at 8 a.m., but more likely to make a poor choice about food maybe at 9 p.m. Do you find this to be true, Sarah? Yeah, I think it's it's really kind of to, to again, to kind of go back to those foundational pillars and those those three big rocks. I guess sleep is uh, sleep is a foundation, right, if you're not prioritizing that. And, and to see maybe you didn't, didn't get to the grocery store this year, so you didn't this week, this year, this <laughs> week. So you weren't you weren't able to then have the food in place. So then you know, instead of going to the cupboard, you you know you you or you bought a bunch of junk. Yep. Um, and you didn't kind of have the snacks ready for yourself. Or when you were out, you didn't. And I used to kind of be like, oh, leave in the house, and I wouldn't put anything in my purse to to um, to snack on. And now because you know with the with the with the food sensitivities, I don't want to. Like, I do not want to be in a place where I want something to eat because I'll get in that hangry place. So I always make sure I have, like, a little snack with me if it's, what you know, whatever it may be to to keep me satisfied so I don't. Because mm-hmm. it's not about slipping up because you will. But it's to maybe it's a little bit of preparation in there. And also that pain versus pleasure mm-hmm. kind of thing where you see the, di- the dishes in the sink and you're like, okay. Well, when I come back an hour later, I'm still not going to want to do them. Mm-hmm. So do that. Like, it's, it's, pain, it's pain to do it now, but... An hour later, I won't want to, and I'll feel really good when it's done. And, yeah. And they also have that, um, like making your bed every morning. That's that speech from he's a uh, high-ranking officer in the Navy mm-hmm. and um, an, ad- an admiral, and talking about every morning, like if you if you when you make your bed, then at least when you come back, you know you've done you've you've done one thing. Yeah. So you've made your bed. For years, I never made my bed. I'm like, what? And now when I like make the bed, I I don't I I don't know I I diligently make the bed and I just think okay that's been accomplished that looks really nice in there those makes me feel good yeah yeah I know and I feel like you can just do those things so much more easily when you've gotten that adequate sleep right yeah I will link this article in the show notes but it was talking about when people get more sleep and a deeper sleep like it's not super late at night they go to bed you know at a reasonable hour they will make better food choices because the late sleepers, they did a study and the late sleepers reported like a higher caloric intake at dinner and after 8 p.m. So they made more, you know, these poor food choices, whereas the normal sleepers, the ones that went to bed, you know, at a good time, they just made better choices. They did, they ate more fruits and vegetables. I mean, that's kind of incredible. It's a compelling finding to just reiterate that we need that sleep and we need to prioritize it so that we can make those better choices. It's just setting us up for more 
success. So have you seen or experienced this to be true with sleep? Do you want to share some some tips that you give your clients? Yeah, sleep is huge. And I like uh, Arianna Huffington, her her book, uh, Sleep Revolution, I think oh, it's called. Yes. Um, and, she, and she talks, yeah, talks about there she was, you know, running the Huffington Post and working all these these hours. I think she was she was having her taking her kids to to look at universities and doing all these different things, and all of a sudden, with all the pressure of this, she was working late at night in her office, and then she actually collapsed on her desk and and, and fractured her cheekbone. Oh. Woke up in a pool of her own blood. Mm. Went, what the heck is going on here? And then did a radical shift and said, you know what, I need to I need to put some boundaries around, you know around my life, and because things have gotten out of balance. And so she then prioritized for her, it was prioritizing sleep and being, being able to take the phone out of the bedroom at 1030, like 1030 is the, is the, the, the shutdown period and really being able to prioritize that. So a lot of times we're, well, the first thing we look at is our phone. The last thing we look at is our phone. So I, so uh, if you're using it as a, an alarm, you can put it on flight mode, but otherwise charge it somewhere else, take the phone out to kind of do those calming things before, before bed and really prioritize your sleep. And we talked about some sleep hygiene, so looking at like a dark room, making sure your room is cool, making sure there's not a lot of clutter in there, mm-hmm. looking at, like I like essential oils. So yeah. essential oil for sleep, like lavender, you can put it in a diffuser or you can spray it on your, your pillows using uh, magnesium, which is good for sleep. 85% of us are deficient in, in magnesium. So looking, you're getting those kind of, those leg cramps or eye twitches you know, rub on some magnesium oil on your on your legs or take it before you go to bed. And also for sleep, if you've got some blood sugar dysregulation, you can take a fat and, and protein snack before you go to bed so that you're not you're you're not waking up. So it keeps your blood sugar uh, regulated throughout the night. So but really it's it's focusing on on your sleep and I like having the hot water bottle with the with the castor oil and kind of you put that on. I just find that especially in the winter time it's mm-hmm. really nice for going to bed and with a little hot water bottle and reading a nice book that I like from Reese Witherspoon's book club. She's got some awesome book recommendations, which I'm loving. So yeah. Yeah, no, that's so good. That's one one of my main goals for this year is that foundational habit of sleep because I have three kids and, you know, like you just get into these ruts or these bad patterns where you're like, I can stay up. I, the kids are, in, you know, in bed and it's quiet. And so just working on, yes, it's quiet. Yes, this feels great now to stay up and watch this extra show, but it won't feel good tomorrow when my alarm goes off, you know, and just making sure that we prioritize it and do everything we can to allow our bodies to rest and refuel for the next day so we don't end up in like that situation with Ariana Huffington. I mean, that's just such a powerful story. Here's another fact I wanted to consider and hear your thoughts on too. Like too much caffeine can have a negative effect. So what do we know about caffeine's effect on our bodies? Do you want to touch on that for a second? Yeah, and the caffeine affects everyone differently. So for me, when I have caffeine, I, I still have it once in a while because I, I, I'll do a like a Starbucks. And so it's not like perfect, you know, me being completely organic here, but I'll yeah. have a, a coconut, a coconut decaf latte. But like when I have too much caffeine, I feel jittery and like, and I start like going into hyper plan mode where I'm like, I'm going to do all this stuff. So it really, it really impacts me. And so it's to see how caffeine affects you because we're all, we're all different. So you potentially could have, you could have one a day for fertility. We don't necessarily recommend it. You want to like wean off it by doing, um, uh, all those studies will potentially say you, you can have one a day, but to me, if you're going especially if you're going through infertility treatment, you can decrease your chances of conceiving. So to switch over to, uh, you can go decaf, and then you can go, uh, so half decaf, half regular, down to decaf, down to 
green tea down to herbal tea mm. and really um, over the course of 10 days, because if you're having two or three cups of coffee a day, you don't want to go cold turkey, you'll be completely in withdrawal and it'll be difficult to continue. So we really use that stepping down period, but it's to see how it impacts you. You can also, I, I do like some really nice herbal teas. Like I like, um, I like nettle tea. Nettle tea is like a really good for, for stress. It's a good adaptogen. So I like that one. I had this morning and I have it with some raw, some raw honey. And then I do milk thistle. Um, good for, for detox as you're, if you're doing an elimination diet, looking to figure out your, your food sensitivities, you can do like a milk thistle or a dandelion tea that helps to, to detox the body. So like with coffee, it's to see how you feel. To me, if you're trying to conceive, look to, to reduce it, but don't go all at once. Uh, dandy blend is another good one you can look at it that is dandelion uh, coffee substitute gluten-free that um, actually kind of tastes like coffee. It's cool. You can do a, like a latte or do an espresso one. And um, just depending on how much of it you, you use and you add a little bit of coconut milk and pretty good. Yeah, no, that's so good. Do you have any ideas for a replacement kind of habit in the afternoon, like right after lunch when you start to feel your energy slump, maybe mid-afternoon? I think that's a common time for us to feel like, oh, we need that other cup of coffee or we need a soda. Some people grab soda or whatever their habit is. Is there a strategy you can recommend that helps us to shift so it's a, a habit that doesn't involve putting more caffeine in our system, which will probably make it hard for us to go to sleep later? You know what I mean? Yeah, so there is, there, so the power habit there was Charles, Charles Durham and talking about so he for for years was when he's at his desk around three o'clock he's like oh I was going I'm going downstairs to the vending machine I'm going to have a cookie and so over the course of many years he ended up getting 10 pounds because of having these vending machine cookies yeah and he realized that three o'clock yeah then he kind of de deconstructed the habit and found out that you know so what happens is instead of going to the vending machine because along the way he was chatting to people and then he would chat to people at the vending machine and he really deconstructed the habit and he realized actually, so the reward he thought was the cookie, but what the reward he really wanted was to get up from his desk and socialize. Oh, so instead yeah. of going to the vending machine, yeah, going to the vending machine, he's like, oh, I'm going to go over and talk to my, my, my friend over there and have a little chat time and then I could come back. So to kind of figure out, like sometimes we're on automatic pilot and we just think we want some food. And okay, so either we may be thirsty to, to start with, so to have a drink of water before you have whatever it is you're going to, to, to have, because maybe you're thirsty, start there. And then maybe we're bored, unfulfilled, lonely, need some, need to call a friend, you need some, a change of pace to kind of dig into it. And then if we are hungry, instead of like having this whole deprivation thing and, and, you know, starving yourself, it, have what you want, but, but eat it quietly and chew each bite instead of horping it down as we sit our, at our computer and not be mindful. So be super mindful about it. Yeah. If you want the cake, put it on a nice plate and eat each piece chewing, like mindfully chewing, and you'll probably be satiated within two or three bites. Or a lot of time we're like, oh, it's like watching TV, stuffing the food down as we go. And so it's in the three o'clock slump figure out, like deconstruct it, see exactly what the habit is, like what's going on there for you. And if you want something, be mindful about it. Maybe bring something that, that, that can be helpful. And if it is in the vending machine, like there's always healthy options. Yeah. So you can have, before you go down there, have the apple before you have the cake, but crowd it out. Mm -hmm. Have the healthy option and then do you really want the cake? You just said the apples and maybe you don't need it. I think that's such a powerful strategy. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Okay, we've got three more truths to talk about because these are gonna be these are gonna be wrapped up for for us as takeaways too. So here's another thing about eating. Healthy eating can be fun and enjoyable. And this goes to exactly what you just said. We can savor the treats or savor the thing that you do 
choose to have, I love the French way, I'm calling it just the French mindset of like mm. moderation and no snacking, savoring your food, walking more. Um, I've spent some time in Europe and I just, I'm blown away every time at the way that at least in the areas of the Alsace region where I was, it's like they can really just slow down and savor their food. They set a beautiful table. It makes it so much more special when you're enjoying that choice. I think it's so dangerous to assign moral value to food. Like this is bad or I was bad because I ate this. And then you're always caught in a, in a shame cycle and villainizing our food instead of just acknowledging our choices and savoring the treats. And that's what I've seen in France. It's so wonderful. You can just like enjoy what you have and not be constantly talking about oh I did this I was bad you know and I got to hit the gym or you know like I just think that's such a toxic relationship to have with food I think it's good like what you're saying can you talk about just slowing down and enjoying our food and not villainizing it you know absolutely yeah like mindful chewing yeah and you become more like satiated faster and just feel satiated because a lot of times we're either eating in front of the television or eating while we're reading, or, you know, even when we're talking to someone, not necessarily focusing on the eating. And I do this. I come, came from a family where we always ate at the table, but my dad was always trying to clear the table really quickly. Like, we, the, the whole family would still be eating, and he'd be clearing the table, preparing the tea, and getting ready for the dessert. Yes. And until, so, because his, his mom was always, yeah, clearing the table quickly. So it was always this rush. And I'm yeah. like, Okay, so let's just like, so me, I like to, so I am prone to eating quickly. I am like, I'm prone to walking quickly and doing everything quickly. Yeah. So it is to slow down, to be able to chew each bite um, when you're eating organic and like awesome foods that are like live with, with awesome ingredients and it tastes better. I studied down uh, macrobiotics for a little while and um, we were there and they did a, like a, this, this chewing where they would, they have a thing where you chew each bite a hundred times. Whoa it's liquid until you're done. I'm like, okay, well, no. So, but you can't, I did do it like 30 times. So chewing bite 30 times, that takes forever to eat. Um, and, but if you can even just try doing it 10 times, like chewing each bite 10 times, especially for rice. I don't know why that was, because they did a lot in, in, in macrobiotics with rice, but chewing the rice um, 10 times, I'm like, oh, and it, it just, um, there's a calming piece to that. Um, and you kind of touched on this just a second ago too, but eating well is rewarding. That's another truth I wanted to talk about is that when you're eating quality food that's like grown well, it doesn't have a ton of chemicals on it, it doesn't have a bunch of crazy ingredients, you don't know what it is. When you eat well, it can be incredibly rewarding and like you said, more fulfilling and you can end up enjoying that experience every time you sit down to eat instead of like you said, rushing, not enjoying it, not even thinking twice about putting a bunch of junk in your body. And and I think, too, the rewarding part comes from how you're going to feel, too, and how you're going to, you know, possibly how you look, but how you're going to feel. So um, could you share the benefits of just paying attention to your blood sugar and eating healthily throughout the day, like how how it's rewarding for us? Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's basically to have those, you know, you can do the three meals a day or you can do have some healthy snacks in between to see if you start you know, eat before you get into that hangry, jittery, you know, that, that place where it's too late where your, 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 your blood sugar has crashed. So to be able to keep it, keep it even, which is really important for your, your sex hormones and, and fertility. So being able to, to, to balance that throughout the day, you can get a, you can get a glucometer if you want to track it, but really you can just use a food journal and kind of say, oh, well, after this, I feel cranky. After this, I feel hungry still. After this, and sometimes you could be not even eating enough, like for fertility, you want to make sure you have enough healthy fats. So when I add in an avocado or coconut oil or 
olive oil or like these healthy fats the meal you, that makes you makes you filled up more um looking maybe you're not having enough protein if you're craving a lot of sugar maybe you're not having enough protein the body wants to come back into homeostasis so looking at your your protein fat and then and it's just really to like throughout the day to be well to eat because sometimes i think some people are not eating they're eating one meal a day at like 10 at night yeah and wondering why they're having a struggle with, with weight and the body's like Whoop, food where it's like it's like you know and it's different for everyone so you know some people can't eat breakfast they wake up and you're like oh my goodness i can't even eat it i can't eat until you know 11 o'clock so for me i need to eat breakfast right away for you you might wake up and say you know what i don't really start getting that jittery hungry you want to make sure before you get the jittery hungry thing though yeah. is you'll eat so maybe for you it's like at 10 or 11 that's where you have your whatever you've you've brought to where you know where you are you you bring you have a smoothie or you know gluten-free oatmeal or whatever whatever it is um it's attuned to your body because if it's jittery or hungry or cranky or or not full or or you know it's, tell, it's trying to tell you something mm-hmm. and so so it's so, that, that kind of that personalized approach, right? Yeah. And that actually leads into the next thing I was going to say is that intuitive eating is a powerful strategy for us as we set goals for this new year and, and maybe change our relationship with food. Um, when you're thoughtful about your choices, just paying more attention, not being obsessive, but because I think that can cross over, you know, for us, some of us, especially like too worried about your weight, too worried about, you know, and that can be unhealthy, but just noticing and paying attention. So anyways, just the power of intuitive eating. Do you want to speak to that for a second? And just um, maybe even in your own life, as you started to pay more attention to what you were putting in your body, how how that's just a great strategy for us. Yeah. So just, again, listening to your body, seeing what it needs and looking at it like a food journal to figure out, okay, how, how are you feeling after after each you know, after, after your meals and, and whatever is feeling right for you, for, you know, for your body. Yeah. With food journaling, I'm just curious too, because this is something I've thought about doing for at least a month or what, what is a good amount of time to kind of keep a, a food or health journal to notice patterns and then make adjustments? What would, what do you recommend? Yeah, we recommend five, uh, five to seven days. Okay. And so yeah, keep up for five to seven days. And it's not like the calories I took in. It, it is really how, how did I feel? Like my, my, how did I feel physically? Did I feel bloated? Did I feel gassy? Did I, did I feel, um, so it's like digestive issues. So physically, how did I feel like my emotions were, was I feeling moody? Was I, was I angry? Like, so to, to figure out, because a lot, that's what I was going to say about your food. So basically a lot of times the thing that we, we crave the most in the morning is the thing we're most intolerant to. So if you're like, Oh, every morning I need to start my day with, with toast and peanut butter. Or I need to start my day with a Greek, like a, like a Greek yogurt. Typically, that's what you're most intol- intolerant to. Really? So I, I dig into that that piece. Yeah, if it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's so interesting. I'm fascinated. <laughs> yeah, so you're listening with the eggs. The eggs are a top uh, allergen, but for you, eggs so good. And maybe with the carbs, with the, like having cereal, that like maybe there's a gluten thing going on there. I don't know. So maybe you feel bloated or, or full or, or, or it just doesn't work for you. So it is to kind of, Tune, tune into that piece and like the top allergens are dairy gluten soy corn peanuts and eggs yeah so we have people do an elimination diet and systematically take those out of their out of their diet to determine exactly what they're intolerant to and then like we don't believe in the the as i say that like the, the weight will come off when you focus on the good and like going straight in for the weight yeah eating healthy is just a side effect of the weight will come off that's so good because i think we just can too easily get caught up in in the weight 
part of it or the how we're going to, you know, comparing our bodies to others and the motivations more like, oh, this competitive thing instead of like, no, I want to feel better. I want to just have something that's going to fuel my body and help me to be in a better mood. And, you know, because, yeah, it's just so fascinating to me, all of this, all of the way that eating and, and our choices affect every aspect of our life. Yeah. So it is really, it, it is, as you say, feeding your body what it needs and, and, and listening to your body. So the body will whisper, whisper. And when you ignore the signals, it starts shouting at the form of disease. So like I've shared before, and, and it's kind of just to, to, to dig into that piece. And, and, you know, if your body, that maybe your body wants to like with, with the habits and stuff like that, maybe you need to take a break. Maybe you'd actually, you're actually not hungry. You're, you're lonely yeah. or you're bored and you need to set some boundaries. Or, you know, you need some more self-care because you've been, you know, burning the candle at both ends. So it is to, to figure out what it is you need. And typically using food or anything else to push down those emotions, they just pop up. They'll pop up through the cracks. The next thing you know, you're crying, yelling, you know, resentful, depressed, like whatever it may be. Yeah. It, it, it'll pop out at the when you least expect it. And you know, and, and, and impacting the rest of your family. I say, if, if I go down, you're all going down with me. Cause <laughs> yeah. You know, and if I approach things differently, it just, it, there's, you get a different response. If you go on the attack, you get an attacking response. If you come, come at it from, from a calmer pace of love, you get that back to you. Yeah, no, that's so true. And I think when we are paying attention, we're going to start reaping the benefits of these healthier habits. And can, that'll that'll contribute to just this positive domino effect on our overall well-being and how we're going to treat our families, which will in turn help how they're going to treat others. And so, yeah, it just has this incredible ripple effect that I think is so powerful and, and very convicting. Like, okay, this is, you know, this is on me. This is my, need to pay attention to my choices. We've got families to take care of and, and people to love. And so sleeping, eating well, all that helps us love better, I think, too. Um, here's the last point I thought we could just touch on real quick is stress can sabotage our healthy habits. This is just classic. I mean... <laughs> So I love how on your program, your fertility program, you were talking about getting to know your stressors. Could you elaborate on what that would look like for us? Yeah, so stressors, a lot of times we think it's like, like you know, mental, mental, emotional stressors, which that's kind of getting honest about your men- mental, emotional stressors and seeing what they are. As they say, though, they could pop when we don't address them. We push them down. They pop out and when we least expect it. Mm. So there's there's that. And then other stressors are include food sensitivities. So to me, looking at the elimination diet, taking out those top allergens that I talked about and really digging in potentially is there, because you could be having this healthy diet and you've got this extra 25 pounds, you can't seem to shift. Maybe it's inflammation and the fact that you're, you know, severely intolerant to gluten and then you, you can't, you can't lose it because that's, that, that's, that's the, the, the issue. Yeah. So especially for fertility, instead of just focusing, laser focusing on the diagnosis, dig into the food piece because if your body's causing if there's inflammation in there your body doesn't want to procreate it wants to survive mm-hmm. so looking at food sensitivities looking at a gut infection we, we we look at functional testing so we look at a food sensitivity tests like a leap mrt test we look at a, a hormone test we like the, the dutch test it looks at your hormones using urine so looking at your sex hormones your melatonin your cortisol and then kind of see exactly what is happening with your hormones and then we look at a stool test so the majority of people that we work with, that comes back with some sort of um, gut infection going on. Because mm. again, if, if, you know, there's a reason why you're not able to conceive. And people with unexplained infertility coming back with multiple parasites, bacterial infections, um, yeast infections, H. Pyl- H. pylori, all sorts of things going on in the gut. So there's there's a reason as to, you know, why you're not able to conceive. So the digging into that piece is a, 
is a stressor. So focusing on, on gut health. Um, also looking at something that's out of alignment in your body. You're walking around with a, a pinched nerve or a back pain. So getting that addressed by either using, either going to a physio or a chiro to see, or an osteopath to see what is out of alignment in your body. Yeah. And then also the environmental tox- toxins today. We talked, a, we talked a lot about um, going organic, looking at your air. So using an air purifier or, or house plants that can help with air quality. Switching out your personal care, so switching over to natural. So these are all linked, but they all impact your endocrine system. So I think the average woman goes out of the house with 127 um, products on her skin. So looking at switching out your personal personal care, your cleaning count, your cleaning products, your water, switching to making sure you have a water filter. Uh, like either you can do reverse osmosis or like the Berkey. So B E R K E Y is one of my favorite ones. Um, and so switch because a lot of our, our water is, has chlorine, fluoride. Which which neg- which negatively in- impacts the thyroid. Um, this is filled with birth birth control pills. So looking at fil- filtered water, so environmental toxins. And so those are all stressors on your body that we wouldn't we sometimes just think it's the mental emotional, but all those other things cause stress on your body. Yeah, I think a lot of times we just need to step back and try to really pay attention and pinpoint what could be going on because, like you said, it might not just be, oh my, you know relative did this and it stressed me out or we're having trouble figuring out this decision in our in our family or you know like sometimes we look at the surface of like yeah I'm stressed because I just moved or I you know whatever it is but like you said there's a lot going on inside our bodies and even as you're talking I'm thinking oh yeah what about the water I drink you know like what about these Mm -hmm. things because we just don't necessarily know and part of me gets frustrated that we have to consider all these things like why can't it just be simpler (laughs) but the thing is we do have the information and we have the power you know the knowledge is power so we can we can be aware and we can start to adjust our lifestyle and even as we're talking, I'm thinking of several things that I would like to tweak in my own life, in my own health choices. And so, yeah, it's just good to really evaluate a lot of these things. But I think, too, coming back before we transition is just coming back to those foundational habits of sleep and, and what we're eating, what we're putting in our bodies and movement. Those kind of pillar foundational habits will have such a positive domino effect on the other aspects of our life that it'll make it a little easier to make the healthier choice because we'll have been well rested. So we're not going to succumb to all of the tempting treats that we see. Um, We'll be able to be more clear-headed, not quite so moody, you know, like, so all those things. I think it's just so good to really consider all aspects of our health and our environment in in making choices that are going to help us be better mamas. So here are all of those tips that we just talked about kind of wrapped up for you one more time. So the first one was to remember that healthy eating is a choice. And Sarah, you encouraged us to always pick organic The second thing was to remember our sleep habits impact our eating habits. So prioritize that sleep and put your phone on airplane mode and so it's not going to bug you or even better, get out of your bedroom. The next thing was to remember that too much caffeine can have a negative effect. So you can transition and switch gradually to try that dandy blend and just kind of make that transition so that you're not depending on caffeine to get you through the day. The next point was healthy eating can be fun and enjoyable. So you can just make it a game and just really take time to set a nice table, pick the foods that are great quality and great tasting because then you're going to enjoy and savor your meals so much more. The next thing was to remember eating well is rewarding. It's just true. You feel better. 
The next tip was intuitive eating is a powerful strategy. And so try that mindful chewing. So I would challenge us all to try like what you said, Sarah, about 10 seconds, even (laughs) just 10, start Mm -hmm. there and 10 times. And the last tip to remember is stress can sabotage our healthy habits. So get honest and real about what your stressors are and then come up with strategies and ways to either eliminate the stress that you don't need to be carrying. Some Sometimes it's just an outside thing. You don't even need to let it in your life. And if it's something you have to constantly deal with, like a relationship, you, a person you see a lot, just figure out strategies so that you're not getting dragged down by by that all the time. So Sarah, we're going to transition. I always talk about just a couple of our favorite things with whoever I'm talking with. So I would love to hear just your favorite things that you're currently loving. It can be anything from food to clothing to a TV show or whatever it may be. So what are your favorite things right now? Yeah, I'm digging the uh, heart mass. So it looks at your heart rate variability and really checks to see. So when you're meditating, you just clip this little thing to your ear and then it checks your heart rate. And when I find when I'm doing the belly breathing, so like breathing in, the belly goes up and then breathing out, belly goes down. When I really get deep into that, I can see that my this the, the coherence or the score of your, your heart rate really kind of gets into the zone. And other, other times when I'm like thinking all these thoughts or if I got a cough or if I'm distracted because my dog's licking my ear, whatever <laughs> it may be, I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay. So I can see that that piece of we can be meditating and we're, and, and it is, it is a practice, right? It's a practice. So yesterday I like, I was in the zone. I like belly, did that belly breathing and my coherent score was like in the 700s. Ooh, that's Other awesome. times it's been in the, yeah, I've been in the 200s and, and I didn't, you know, it was, I was, I wasn't even there. I was meditating. My body, my body was there, but my mind was 200 miles away. So it is each day showing up to the practice. So I like uh, by heart math, M-A-T-H, um, they have that little device there that you can attach to your to your ear and it checks your heart rate. Um, but yeah, so I like Lotus Way, so W-E-I, and she actually goes, she's gone around the world and collected these flower essences. So it's like super cool. And she goes and, 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 and collects them out of the flower, these little droplets of, of the actual flower. And then she makes, um, so she has natural perfumes because our perfume is like loaded with toxins. So, so I'll have a natural perfume made out of these flower essences. And then she also has these elixirs where you take the elixir and they're for, for different things. And um, so one's for like, for peace and serenity. And you put this in your, in your water and um, cause you've got the, and it's, it's non-toxic and it's not the actual flower you're consuming. It's the essence of the flower. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the water, the water off it. And um and you put that in your water and, and there's a calming effect about it. And she's just doing something like super cool, running around the, the world <laughs> and like finding these like awesome flowers. So, um, yeah, I really like her. I interviewed her for my, my podcast that's coming out in December. Okay. Yeah. And I, this year I've got a organic food box that I will get that delivered to my, to my door. And if you, if you have that, um, available in your, your, um, where you are, I, I look into it because they basically now they, before I was able to, a, um, a farm co-op and I used to get it like at one point when the, when the watermelons were in season I had six watermelons coming in like what am I going to do with all this <laughs> I love yeah, it yeah now you can get the box get it like customized and it's all organic and local and so you feel good because you're helping farmers that are, that are local to you plus it's organic and um, the food's delicious so I'm really excited about my organic food box That's awesome. Okay, well, we have one more little segment and then we will wrap up. But we just do a little segment every time about just moments with our kids that are kind of silly or random or something that helps us laugh and just not take ourselves too seriously. Um, And I called them bumblebee moments because my little daughter, who's now six when she was younger, used to say bumblebee for bumblebee. And it's just one of those cute little 
mm-hmm. words where it's like that's what it was to her and so it's just like sweet memories but I just wondered if you had a good little story for us about um either of your kids when they were younger um or even now I guess too yeah because the teenagers the sweet memories are getting few and far between <laughs> but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um but yeah like with my, my daughter it's kind of funny because she's so both my kids are dairy and gluten-free because I didn't focus on my preconception house so both of them have food sensitivities um and and so keeping you know teenagers off that is it's it's difficult yeah put it that way um and you know and I sort of like to 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 lead by example so they, they kind of see how I'm I'm living and eating and again it's not about perfection but um so my daughter is and she's finally kind of really figured out she just applied for some universities and she in in there she they asked what was important to her and I saw in her application she's like it's extremely important for me to be very focused on my health. I, I need to make sure, like, self-care. <laughs> she's, been, she's been listening. So she's like, self-care, I need to make sure I eat properly because she kind of gets that hangry thing. If she doesn't eat, her blood sugar goes down. I need to make sure I get my meals, um, that I eat eat properly, and, and getting my sleep, that's extremely important. If she doesn't get it, she needs her, like, eight or nine hours, or she, again, is a beast. So it's interesting to see, oh, she is listening because she'll be like, oh, mom, that stuff is so lame. We right. We're talking about. And then <laughs> she'll be, then she said that on her university application. And then also to her friends, I hear her saying, well, why don't you try that? Or try this. So they are <laughs> Love listening. It. They are listening. Yay. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, I just want to say thank you so much for being with us again, Sarah. Um, it's been just wonderful to chat with you. Could you share your contact info with us before we go, like uh, programs, websites, social media, all of those details? And I will also link them in the show notes for all of our listeners. Awesome. Yeah. So you can check out the Get Pregnant Naturally podcast. It's on iTunes, uh, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can go to, um, you, there's a, a, a fertility yoga freebie that you can get. So yoga freebie, F-R-E-E-B-I-E.com to get your fertility yoga freebie. So it's a 20 minute um, fertility yoga package you can check out. Um, my functional fertility program, it's a six week program. I have a team of fertility experts and all the, the, the different modalities to help prepare your body for a baby in the absolute best way, like using the, the foundation of functional medicine. And you can check that out at fabfertile, F-A-B-fertile.com. Awesome. Well, that will wrap up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Be sure to tune in next week. And please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell a friend or family member so they can check it out too. Good old-fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. And also, you can screenshot whenever you're listening and share it to your social media. That is also fantastic. Come visit sundayafternoonmama.com and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'll be back with you next week. In the meantime, I'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better mamas together. Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this. Bye for now, sweet friends.